Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. This podcast does contain occasional strong language and adult themes. If you are averse to spoilers for the film that is listed in the title, please tune out now, go watch the movie, or, like us, stop at the intermission, watch the movie, and resume the podcast after. Thanks for coming along on this ride with us. Please enjoy. You once said that uh, you like to make an audience scream through technical means. What is it about an audience screaming that you like? Now, those are the kind of questions uh, that the film buffs like to ask. They expect an awful lot of the sort of material that I don't tell anybody. And it was a nightmare. It was an eye-opener. Ignorance. Sheer ignorance. You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I don't have any problem with enjoying big blockbuster. I'm not a fascist of those boring art movies which, when they are over, you are glad that they are over and then you celebrate it just as a kind of a superstitious measure. I will talk about it so that I don't have to see it again or whatever. So in a way, our, our broadcast was an assault on the uh, credibility of that machine. We wanted people to understand that they shouldn't take any opinion predigested and they shouldn't swallow everything that came through the tap. We had uh, Orson Welles, Albert Hitchcock, John Ford, Howard Hawks, Roman Polanski. We had uh, Antonioni. We did, it was unbelievable time to listen to these guys talk. Hello and welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am driving to the movie theater today because everyone's out of the house. And instead of, you know, spending time on... Uh, actually editing a good quality episode. You guys are getting this scratchy-ass, um, static-filled car noise, me driving, getting distracted by people being dumb in traffic episode. Um, and you might be wondering, well, Mike, <clears throat> excuse me, why wouldn't you just edit an episode if you have time? Man, editing takes so long. Um, and I think I've said this in some of my previous episodes. My, my uploads have been sporadic. It hasn't been every Monday. It's just been, unfortunately, I, I just don't have the time uh, to edit a lot. Um, this is sort of a free day that I have. Um, I had to sharp, you know, I had to do some other stuff. I had to, you know, do some errands around the house and stuff like that, some chores and whatnot. So by the time that's done, I'm like, well, I could just go see a movie and then try to get an episode released next week that's a good one. Uh, so I guess I'll try to do that for next week. Um, just because again, schedules changing and all that stuff is just rough. So I apologize if you guys don't like these solo episodes, it's, um, you know, it is what it is, but I, you know, I, I want to continue on this podcast. It's just how feasible that is. I don't know at this point. So I'm going to try to limp it along for now until I can get back into a rhythm. So apologies first and foremost, but you might be asking also, Mike, what you know what are you going to go see and to that end uh, I was going to actually go see something that was like it was a, a historical Chinese drama um, potentially but then I realized oh wait no Scream 6 is out so I have to go see that and um, because I thought oh it's going to be months until it's released but man they are really streamlining these like movies because like Scream came out Scream 5 came out last year at this time so it's been like a year and um, so I, I really know nothing about the new Scream. I saw like the teaser trailer where they're on like the subway car. That's, that is the extent of my knowledge on this film and 
the other the other small bit of this is that I know that it's the same writer and director like as the last scream from 2022 are we going around this this mail truck okay we're gonna go around this mail truck all right cool um I kind of felt weird I was gonna stop because he was pulling out but then the people in front of me went around him and he stopped so I'm like well I guess I'll go around him because it doesn't make any sense but um anyway so it's directed by the same same dudes uh same two guys and it's written by the same people um so i i think that this kind of bodes well for this movie now my thoughts on the scream franchise are such that i i have fairly i guess complex thoughts on it and i'll try to go into it here a little bit because that's really all i know because I I mean I I liked Scream 5 honestly. I thought it was a really good tribute to what Wes Craven had like done with the previous, you know, um with all the previous films in the Scream franchise. And it was a really good tribute to his legacy and wrapping up sort of like not necessarily wrapping it up, but it really made it it gave it a sense of not necessarily finality, but like we're passing the torch on to these other characters. We're not going to really rely on having, <clears throat> you know, Dewey and Gale and all that. Because obviously, you know, man, ripping pepperonis, my man. But, um, you know, Gale and, uh, um, you know, and having uh, uh, Sydney Nev Campbell, uh, her character there. So you really are kind of like ushering in this new era. So it was a good sort of like transitional thing that could have been the end of a franchise. And it, while it didn't necessarily put the nail in the coffin of the franchise, which obviously it didn't because there's more movies, it really did give you a sense of this is sort of coming full circle to like this almost weird cultural phenomenon that, oh man, merging is, is hard for people sometimes, I guess, because I hate it. Do you hate it when like people just don't get over at a merge, like an entrance ramp? Like I do. Like, it should be your default to just get over in the fast lane at an entrance ramp if it if it's a busy entrance and you know it. Like, or if you don't know it, you should just get over if you see a car on it at all, if you can. Um, I hate people that don't. It's, it's annoying as shit. But, so, I think most of this first half of the episode is going to be me rehashing what my thoughts are on the Scream franchise. Now, I have really wanted to go back and watch all of the Scream movies for a long time now and I have not it's just I haven't had time with watching all the other movies that I've done it's just not something that I've really had on my on my uh, like it's been on my mind but I haven't had the time to do it right so I think maybe this upcoming Halloween I might try to re-watch all of them and maybe do a recap episode and update these rankings because I think Scream is such a for me it's a very like obviously you went from like the 90s into 2000s transition with it but you're still and you're doing a lot of the meta horror and horror comedy sort of hybridization that you had in those like 2000s and early 90s and like late 90s <clears throat> and well mid and late 90s and early well actually early 90s because it's what 1990 was the first screen holy shit um i'm i'm old uh or maybe not 1990 i don't remember when it was but it might have been 1990 but <clears throat> so essentially it's been a it's been a franchise that has been incredibly consistent in what it's done and i think it's done a good job of essentially scream provides a couple of things it provides meta horror 
uh, and a critique on like the horror genre as a whole as a snapshot of the time, right? That's what it does. That's what it's good at. Two, so instead of being, in, in addition to being a good meta horror, it's also most of the movies are very good at delivering jump scares and giving you at least relatively decent twists of a who done it, who is this, who of the friend group is the one who's doing this, who outside the friend group, what's their motive. They're very good sort of like plot-based horror films that have a decent twist usually at the end where yes you can kind of guess sometimes some of them are more guessable than others and some of them are not right so I think that the Scream franchise does a great job of not only being like a very serviceable scary film that you can watch with people in addition to being pretty sort of like on the low end of like the gore and the and the um and the, uh, the viscera sort of aspect and really sort of, I guess, fucked up as it were, with a lot of other horror movies, that it makes it sort of a good entry point into horror for people. So Scream is a very good, like, I don't like horror, but, oh, you know what, maybe you should, if you like a, some funny stuff, this is kind of like a little bit comedic, a little bit dark, you know, humor, you can look at it from another way, and there's a couple of jump scares, right? Someone who is on the fence about horror movies and doesn't like sort of stuff like, oh, I... I, I hate, like, stuff with demons or whatever. No, this is just... There's no supernatural killer here. It's just a dude or a girl or a set of people in masks. Like, that's all it is. Um, now, I guess Scream 6 remains to be seen because eventually they're going to have to create... I mean, because, like, where, where this is leading, I feel like it's it's sort of leading to an escalation of, like, the ghost face killer is becoming not just, like, one or two people. It's always steadily becoming, like, its own thought form or even egregore. Um, or a tulpa of some kind. So eventually I feel like this could, in theory, transition into sort of a supernatural horror by leaning on those sort of tropes of like, oh, this, this thought, this, this is a cultural phenomenon to the point where it's become an egregore uh, or a thought form or something like that. You know, like, uh, you know, and I think that could be interesting, but I doubt that's very much where this is going to go because that would be way too out of pocket, right? That's like for the next reboot in like, 15, 20 years, right? <laughs> so whenever they do that. But my thoughts are is that generally speaking, you're not going to get on this, like you're going to get a good sense of fun characters in a that don't really have a lot of character development in each of their own individual films, but they have good over the series, usual decent character development because, um, you know, Courtney Cox's character um, of um, Gail Weathers, great arc throughout the whole series. Same with Dewey, um, I think. Like, it's it's a very... Um, man, it's a very... Um, sorry, there are people doing weird things on the interstate again. Uh, it's a very, like, sort of progression. It almost feels like episodic, like a TV show. Now, I know that there is a Scream TV series, and I've heard that it's good in in a sense. Like, I don't know that it's actually, like... Oh man, there's like a, just someone ran the hell over a dog. Um, damn. I guess you heard me going over the rumble strips. So somebody hit a dog and uh, I had to go around it here. Man, it's like a big ass German Shepherd too. But I don't even know what I was saying. But like the character progression feels more like episodic, like from like movie to movie, right? So I'm interested to see how the characters that you were introduced to in, you know, Scream 5 
like the Jenna Ortega character um, and like her sister and whatnot. I really liked. I actually really liked them. Um, as far as like you know, they were fun sort of like snippets, and then I wonder how they progress. Like that's kind of what I'm gonna see. Like it's it's been a it's been about a year since I've seen the Scream Five, so I don't quite you know, and I've seen a lot of movies since then, so I'll have to see what really sticks out in my mind. But each of the characters has sort of like from like movie to movie sort of slight progressions, right? Which is fun to see. And I think if you take the Scream movies individually for the most part are just, you know, like, are, like, pretty decent. But when you really watch them as a whole, they actually become pretty good. Uh, yeah. And they become elevated to sort of a level of, like, man, this is, like, just a great franchise. Because, like, yeah, Scream 2 and 3 are kind of, like, 2 less so, but Scream 3 especially is just goofy. Like, it's got a Jay and Silent Bob cameo, for God's sakes. Like, it's it's a funny movie, but it also is scary if you watch it from, like, the jump scare perspective, but it also furthers the plot. Like, it's taking this sort of premise and taking it to the ridiculous, which is what I like about this set of films, you know? Like, so I guess with that, that's sort of like my general thought on Scream. Like, if you're looking for something that's like groundbreaking, like, yeah, Scream 1 probably was it, but it's been years since Scream 1. We're not doing anything groundbreaking. We're kind of staying at the Scream formula um, of making like a good, decent, like, plotline twist and sort of like making a fun, scary killer that's terrorizing these people and group of friends, right? That's that's what it is. Um, but you're still sort of comment, commenting on the horror tropes of the day, right? So, like, in Scream 5, they were commenting on sort of, like, the elevated horror sort of stuff, the, that genre, like, you know, the Babadook, Hereditary, all these other things, um, and sort of, like, bringing tropes in from there. So I'm interested to see if they're going to do a little bit more of that, where they bring in elements of, like, those sort of films because that's what really the scream does it's that they bring in elements of other films that they're sort of satirizing or comment commenting on and i wonder how much there's really going to be if it's going to stay to the core fundamentals of a scream film or if it's going to do something like out of left field and incorporated into the elements of scream right which is i think what usually they do it's just they kind of mentioned them in Scream 5, so are they going to actually incorporate those tropes more hardcore into this movie? I don't know. So, I guess as far as, like, ranking these films go, um, I, I have a, so if we're going to rank the movies individually, just by themselves, right, I think that it is, Scream 1 is the best, followed by, and I'm still not sure where I put four and five I think it's individually it's scream one scream five scream three scream four and scream two so this is if you're just taking them as individual films not looking at them within the whole context of the movie I think it's very important to basically give that rating and that qualification because there's actually a big difference right when you watch them as part of a whole, which I think they're always, Scream is meant to, more so than any other franchise, I think. So, Scream 1 is just a classic. You have 
all these elements, you're introducing characters, you're sort of like, um, you know, you've got these sort of revolutionary sort of fun things that are going on here that, you know, not a lot of other films did. It's got a fun cast of characters. Um, it's, you know, you've done a really good job of sort of, of doing that. It, it introduces a new character. It's just solid plot twist, right? I think the reason why I say Scream 5 is number two is that it really does, um, it really does do the same things that that movie did, but does it with a different set of characters, right? It really takes that same thing and gives you the same feeling while keeping it fresh. You're still introducing other characters, like the old characters, but like they introduce them in such a way that like, it's not necessarily even fan service. Like you could watch it as its own standalone film, right? And it would be fine. Um, Scream 3, why I say that over Scream 4 is that realistically, Scream 3 is probably the funnest out of all of these films. I, I just highly enjoy it as a fun movie. It's a fun slasher. Um, Scream 4, I enjoyed a lot, but I guess when I get to my other rankings, I'll give it a bit, bit of a different thing. It really does rely on you to know the story and what has come before, right? It really does. It relies on it too heavily, which is the only reason I say it's not as good of a standalone film, is that you really need to be invested in the series for Scream 4 to really hit home. Otherwise, it's still a solid film. I think you could watch it, but it really does it does feel like that sort of like we're wrapping all of these things up sort of thing, right? Um, and then Scream 2, it's a good movie. It's just, and it has elements of all these other things, but I think it needs, you rely too much on, you need to have seen Scream 1. Uh, if it's, you know, if we're rating it as a standalone film, it's not quite as funny as 3. It's still fun as like, you know, it's still fun, but it's sort of that bridge movie. And I think that the cast of characters in it are, while it's still good and fun, like the ancillary characters are a little bit more forgettable um, in some ways. Um, now, again, Scream 2 is not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I am very, I very much enjoy it. It's just I feel like the weakest of them in a standalone sense, you know? What is going on? Why, why is this guy going like, all right. He's all right. I don't know what's going on. All right. Anyway, but so as far as ranking them holistically, my rankings are actually probably if you watch them holistically, and this might be a slight, uh, might be a bit controversial. I think that it is. Um, I think that it is. Scream 4 is actually the best one because it just delivers such a punch if you have been watching the franchise. Followed by 1. And then it's a tie between 2 and 6. I really... Or 5. 2 and 5. I really don't know which one is my favorite um, of those two when we're looking at them all together. It's been a bit since I've seen 2, but it does rely on other things. I think 5 is... Is I liked it more as a film. I think it did the things that Scream movies are supposed to do. So I think it's basically 4, 1, 5, uh, 2, then 3. And again, looking at it holistically, 3 is again sort of like a movie that didn't bring a ton to the franchise. It just did fun stuff with the Scream elements that they had there. And it just, it just had a, it was just a really fun time, you know? 
So I think that would be my official rankings. Like if you're watching them holistically and thinking about the franchise and are invested in it. If you're just watching them as standalone films, like they're all good. It's just, I think that in general terms, like, you know, it's, you know, you know, one, one, five, three, four, two versus four, one, five, two, three. You know, that, like, I, I don't know if anyone else has this, like, sort of feeling of, like, the scream, like, how, like, if that's sort of how they think about these movies, but I do. So I guess uh, go to follow us on MWNS podcast uh, at twitter.com and let us know what you think about the scream movies. Uh, whenever you listen to this because I want to know like do you have separate ranking systems for like how the um, how the film sits with you based on your context of the series or do you just are like I just enjoy these as standalone films and it's cool that they're in this universe together Um, but as far as what Scream 6 has to do for me I I was very wary about this um, prior to um, prior to coming to see this movie I've heard a lot of good buzz about it, right? I don't, like, if I, because I just glanced at the IMDb page before I I left just to make sure it was the same director and writer, but, uh, which is, which is what I was mostly looking for, but I happened to see, because it's up there at the top, I looked at the IMDb rating on both Scream um, 4, or, or sorry, 5 and 6, and Five has like a 6.5 or something like that, which is honestly very good for IMDb. Um, like that's where a, an average, very good movie usually sits. Um, an average, like sort of low end of like, it's somewhere between good and very good, right? But like, I saw that Scream 6 has, and again, I don't, I don't know if this is mostly like um, critics or user scores or whatever, but it has like a 7.2 or a 7.3, which is, again, pretty damn high. And I am just shocked that like people have been responding well to this. I've seen a lot of good buzz around it. And I think that I'm actually very excited for what this policy, uh, policy what this um, uh, film is trying to do, just in that, um, like, if it's going to elevate these things and take elements from other movies, you know, and just be like, all right, I am. Uh, I'm keeping the sh- scream thing going, where it's like we're gonna keep you guessing, the whole time who is the killer. You you know who the killer is, right? It's just gonna keep you guessing, and they do something you know unique and shocking that is sort of relevant to this scream or the general sort of meta feeling of what horror movies are at the time. Like if they add and incorporate something into the sort of scream repertoire, right? Like, yes, we all know the rules as put forward in Scream 1 and Scream 2. There are rules to horror films. But the rules have changed, as they have said in the past in previous films. Like, the rules change. So you are literally going to just be uh, doing these things where it's like, all right, what are the new rules? What are we looking for? And if the rules are fun and interesting, and they really further it on, and the plot is at least, like, if I'm, if the twist is good, and I'm having a fun time with it, this movie is going to be a really good film. Now, in the past, I think I'm trying to temper myself a little bit more with the sort of whole, like, going to the movies thing, because I, I clearly have a just a strong bias 
for watching films in theaters because it's a it's an experience, right? Um, so I I want to basically try to temper myself here um, because I I have said like in the past when I've gone to see these films I've given them all like fours and above whenever I go to the theater I'm going to try to temper that now. That's not saying that this isn't going to be a four. I'm literally just trying to curb my expectations on this a little bit. I think that realistically, it's a screen movie. If it does the solid things that a screen movie does, I don't think it can be bad. I think it's going to be, they really have to mess it up hard to be, or do something that's really out of pocket that just doesn't fit right. Like if they did the Tulpa or Egregore thing, that would be cool, I would like it, but would it be a screen film? Only if they did it extremely well, right? Like, they'd have to literally do it so pitch perfectly that I don't know that you could do it in a way that wouldn't necessarily just ruin it. Now, again, I'm not saying that it, it's going to be ruined, but it's just like, hey, you could ruin it if you went that route. If you're doing a basic, standard, fundamental screen film, I think your baseline's like at least a two and a half or a two, right? It's kind of like got that kung fu vibe of like, yeah, you're watching a screen film um, and it's going to be at least these things. So if they take it and they do some fun stuff with it, right? And introduce some new rules, introduce some new sort of foils, like add in sort of like more modern horror elements because the rules are changing and evolving over time. Um, I think that that's going to be, um, that's going to be what really elevates this from like, you know, if it's a solid screen film, like, I think it's going to be, like, somewhere between a 2.5 and a 3.5. If it does those other things and makes it sort of like, whoa, I did not see this coming, or this is just an insane element that they've added in that really jives and works, and it's new and fresh, I think it could be a 4 or 4.5. I don't know that this could be a 5 for me. Um, so what I'm going to say is I'm going to give this a tentative 4, I think, out of 5 Snake Pliskins because I want it to be that good. I want it to be that good, and I think I'm at least going to enjoy it. And I, I hope I'm going to try to temper my bias of seeing this movie in the cinema. Um, but you all know how that goes. It's going to be me. I'm going to come out of there. I'm going to be like, this was the greatest movie I've ever seen. Uh, and then I'm going to come back and retcon it later or at least say like, yeah, maybe I was a little bit wrong. Like, again, um, I, man, I really enjoyed the Batman <laughs> in the theaters. It was such a fun movie to watch. But on reflection of it, like, man, the ending really just fell so flat for me. Um, now, I will say Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm still going to stand that movie because we've watched it like six or seven times since I've seen that in theaters um, because it's just such a fun damn movie to watch. It's a spectacle film, and man, that was so fun in theaters. It was so good. Um, but, you know, again, like all these other movies that I've been watching in theaters, uh, like I said, I, I'm hoping to temper some of this. Um, <clears throat> so... I guess I'm not quite at the theater yet. I don't really have a lot else to say on this because I don't know a lot about anything else uh, when it comes to this film. Anyway, um, so I'm here pretty much about to get off the exit. Uh, I guess, um, man, final wrap-up thoughts on this, on Scream 6. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think, and I've had, I've had this conversation with people before where... I think when you keep the spirit of Wes Cra what Wes Craven did with the original Scream franchise and you try to remain authentic to that, then I think you're going to have a good time because the further you stray away from that, 
that sort of in it, like that ethos of what a scream film is and what it's meant to sort of do um then i think you're gonna start having a bad time if it just becomes like a generic slasher like i think that's why scream has just been so tight it's just because really it's only been in the hands of a few people um over time like yeah it's been different people but it's not really hasn't been like just like oh like there's 15 different people who work you know 15 different directors right it's like not like Halloween where it was like, okay, Carpenter did the first one and then like it's just been different iterations since and it's kind of like not really a mess, but like it's really hit or miss, right? According to most people, like I haven't seen all of them, but like general conventional wisdom is that like it's super hit or miss, like depending on which one you watch, right? But like I think Scream has always been consistent. I think the further you get away from like Craven sort of like like ethos of what a, of what these movies are and what they're meant to do then i think that's when you're going to get into bad stuff and i think that at least uh the people who have done who did scream six um i think they were pretty much like they were i think they were spot on with what craven sort of had done in his previous films like i i don't have any complaints honestly um about what they did like yeah could they've done a few things a little bit more could they've done a few less cringe things there like yeah, like, I'm hoping there's not a lot of cringe, right? But at the same time, like, sometimes you can't avoid that in a movie full of, like, you know, teens and 20-somethings, right? Like, it just, it's just going to be what it's going to be. So, um, I don't know. Oh, man, my normal parking spots are just all completely filled up. Um, I guess I'll go this way. Like, yeah, I'll park over here, maybe. Like, damn, where, where, where am I able to park at? It's, it's, the theater's full today. This is like the fullest it's ever been. Honestly, you know? Like, damn. Like, what was everybody going to see today? Anyway, well, I'm here, and the movie is... It's not really going to start, like, because there's going to be previews for, like, a half an hour. But uh, I'm here at the theater, and I guess with that said, I'll let you guys know how this was on the other side. Peace. You know, the best way to see a movie is in a theater with a lot of people. The more people you see a movie with, the movie's meant to be seen. Big, good sound, good projection, with as many people as possible. Because emotions are contagious. I mean, obviously a comedy is funnier the more people you're with. A scary movie is much more frightening the more people you're with. And sad movies are sadder. Exciting movies are more exciting. That's how it's meant to be seen. But the truth is, people tend to watch things on their iPhones, you know. But if it works, it works. It, it, everything's evolving, but nothing replaces the theatrical experience. Hello and welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am back out of the theater from watching Scream 6. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really good, I, uh, I have to say. I'm very pleasantly surprised with it. Um, it right off the bat it did it did a really good phone gag which it like 100% is like if you do the opening phone gag right um I think that that's kind of what helps make a scream a scream movie and not only did they do it they did a double take where you basically I I was like everybody in the theater was like whoa they took off it was like one of those moments where it's like wait, Spider-Man doesn't take off his mask? What the fuck is this bullshit sort of thing? Uh, and then they did a double phone gag where they, like, out-meted you, um, which was insane. I I actually really love the opener of this movie. It, 
Like, the first 20 minutes of it were, like, so good that it, like, it really just kind of blew me out of the water. Um, now, it did kind of fall to a few pacing issues, I think, throughout the film. Um, for the most part, like, it, it felt like, it felt like they... I don't know. So, like, you know the in the Scream movie where there's always the part where they go, wait a minute, we have to establish the rules. And it kind of, like, it, and it kind of, like, flows really well into it because people are talking about horror movies and rules most of the time. This movie was kind of a slasher, and then it was almost an abrupt, like, hey, just a reminder, here's the rules. It felt a little bit, like, out of place. Like, they could have done a little bit more to sort of set that rules scene up, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, hey, we're all having fun here, everybody. Let's, um, you know, obviously it's a horror movie situation, but, like, they could have had more moments of, wait a minute, we're talking about this as a film. It felt a little jarring. Uh, in addition, I, I noticeably there were kind of a lack of jump scares in this movie. I didn't jump that much. I think it's because... The, the director who did this movie, um, I think he kind of tried to use the same exact, well, not even the same exact, because if I recall, Scream 5, it actually had some great jump scares in which, like, you were just kind of absolutely shocked at what happened. You you kind of were like, oh, my God, this is in insane jump scare. Um, and a bunch of good fake-outs. I think in this one, they opted for more for more sort of thriller elements than jump scares, which I was slightly disappointed in. Um, I didn't really get jumped at all uh, in this uh, um, in this film. Uh, like, I mean, it, it wasn't that it was bad. Like, it was just there weren't enough jump scares, I think, to make it sort of feel super scary. I think most of the time this one was much more a... Um, it was much more of a whodunit. Um, and a little bit less of a less scary and I think it was still a good movie um, very much so even though like I said I wish that there were a little bit more jump scare moments in it um, because I think Scream 5 did such a good job at doing that and honestly all of the screams do a good job of it like this like there were good jump scares here like uh, okay there were okay jump scares here like none of them were like bad but I think that compared to what is already previously in the franchise, I think this one fell short. And I think that maybe that was a, an intentional choice in that we've already, we've done six Scream movies and we're having a hard time basically like coming up with new ways to jump scare you, you know? Um, I think that the motivation of the actual eventual um, Ghostface killers was quite good. Um, they really did set it up well by essentially using, like, um, Richie from the last film, like, his phone number, because, like, who would even have access to that? Um, like, and it makes sense, like, oh, it's his brother and his, um, sister and his dad. Like, there were three Ghostface killers this time. Like, they even alluded to it a few times, and it's like, when they were going over this again, it's like, oh, there were two Ghostface killers here, there were two here. Oh, there was only one here. Very ambitious. So you kind of, like, had hints that, like, there was going to be a non-standard number of Ghostface killers. Um, although I think the one thing where it was, like, oh, okay, uh, sorry, traffic. Uh, I think the thing that it was, um, I think the thing that it was, um, trying to do, 
uh, here with it was, again, try to create more of a thriller. I did like all of the references at the beginning where they were like, oh, he's just some Argento fanboy at the beginning where it was... <laughs> I love that they were throwing shade at Giallos. It was kind of funny. Um, in addition, there was also... Um, uh, I get the feeling that this movie was sort of meant to be slightly giallo-ish um, in, a, in a certain sense. There were a few um, there were a few moments where, especially at the beginning, where it was kind of like, you know, it felt like a giallo opening, even though it was a phone gag, because it was kind of like, you know, dark alleys, a woman there, she's in sort of like the brightest coloring of, of anybody like she's sort of she's sort of like the main set piece because even though this was set like in New York City and everything was sort of like bright and all that um, and colorful it wasn't the palette was sort of muted uh, and dark tones and so there were a few moments where like certain people would stand out in certain areas you know and I, I did like that where they use sort of coloring a little bit in this film um, I, again, I don't know if that was an intentional choice, but I feel like it must have been. So there were some, a little bit of a few giallo moments in this movie, um, which I guess really a scream is, it feels kind of giallo-ish anyway, because it's always sort of that mystery. Although this one may be more specifically, because at the beginning you do follow a killer. Uh, it is not the villain of the film, but it is a ghost face killer. And I, I really, I can't stress enough how much I really like this fake out at the beginning of the film. Um, but I think that it kind of did make it so that the rest of the movie was a little bit of a little bit lackluster in comparison. They put they put a lot of effort into that opening gag, but then they kind of like left a few things where it was like it was it wasn't that it was bad. It was just that it was it felt not as good as the beginning of the film. Um, and honestly, in that regard, I think the thing that really carries this movie um, was. Uh, um, oh, I don't remember her name now. Uh, it's um, Melissa Barrera, honestly, as uh, Sam Carpenter. Because the whole time, they really did a good job of setting up, and I think they could have even leaned into it harder, and they might do it in a future episode. Um, the fact that she's also just kind of losing her damn mind in that, like... Like, she's seeing visions of her dead father. Also, shout out to Skeet Ulrich, um, who was actually had a cameo in this film. Uh, uh, loved, loved the Skeet cameo. Um, that, was pretty, that was pretty good. But um, honestly, it just, it just felt like her, her sort of like break of that, like, maybe she is the killer or a killer. And that they're trying to set her up was kind of like an ingenious thing where it's leaning into it where, no, she actually might be just really a killer, you know? And, like, you even saw it when, like, they, you know, went and they killed the, uh, you know, they kind of leaned into it because the, the guy reported her saying that she liked killing people. And so they leaned into it a little bit more, kind of sort of like the gaslighting of everything, you know? To get her to eventually at the end don the mask uh, and then they could, uh, and then they could frame her, um, and sort of make her suffer as, you know, she kind of like watched her sister die. Um, which again, it's like, it's just a, f like, Scream is, it always, it always hinges on like, like, man, there are just some mentally unstable people and they just really be out here, man. Like <laughs> there's, 
I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, you're a cop. You're pretty mentally unstable anyway. Um, because, yeah, you're going to be if you have to, if you want to be a cop. But, like, man, the family that they came from, like, it's just insane. Like, everybody that you look at in these movies, with the exception of, like, I don't know, maybe, what was it? Uh, the killer from Scream 3, maybe? Where they, where was the, um, the producer? He really wasn't all that messed up. Like, he's like the exception he's the most normal one where it was like the solo killer everybody else is like no we have family vendettas and revenges to do here um and as it were i mean this was kind of a revenge film where the final girl is the person who's getting the revengeance upon but like it's it's kind of throwing a lot of these like revenge films on its head in a sense where it's a non-standard sort of on its head revenge film you know and like at, at no like it's funny because like you always feel again that they that they did a good job of making everyone feel like they're a suspect for a, at least a point and i think that was my biggest contention with this one is that it didn't do it enough because at a certain point like you were like no this guy actually can't be the killer and i think they did a good job of at least making people in the movie and the characters suspicious of each other but I think as an audience goer, I was really never, I was, I was still intrigued by like, who in the hell could this be? And they did a good job at least by throwing that onto uh, Hayden Panettiere's character, um, who came back as the FBI agent where you're like, all right, we're throwing doubt on her. We're making her a little bit quirky for an FBI agent. Um, I kind of do also wish that Gail died. Like, and it was weird when Gail did get stabbed, um, that, uh, you know, Sam Carpenter was like, oh my God, Gail, oh no. They also kind of like backstepped on Gail's character a little bit where essentially like, yeah, she lost Dewey and then she kind of went back to being her sort of like previous, like scream sort of circa two and even maybe three. Um, scream two and three sort of like, I'm an opportunist character. Why well, even scream one really? Um, but like the screams one through three, sort of like, I'm kind of a good person and I want to help you, but I'm also here for myself. I definitely just want to make a buck sort of character. I feel like that was a regression that was not needed in her character. And I don't, that was kind of an odd choice, but I get why they did it because they wanted to throw her under the bus as a potential suspect. I think the biggest thing is that like, I, I, I as an audience goer didn't suspect any of the like main characters in this film like any of the main good guys quote unquote right but they did a good job of making each of the characters feel like the other people could be a killer right with the exception of sam and that's i think why i like these new ones like this again i really think and i'm shocked that this movie kept as close to the original spirit of the Scream movies as it did. Like, I'm like, man, this is going to be another cash grab. They're just, they're going out of Woodsboro, you know. Obviously, they've done that before where they're out of Woodsboro. But, like, they're going to be in New York. It's going to be a completely different film. They're going to do other things. It was basically the same stuff, but it still managed to keep it fresh with that story, you know. And somehow, they managed to circle it back in the end to, again, because they've got Billy Loomis's daughter there, they managed to circle it back to some other sort of vendetta that is happening in this film where it's like some this vicious cycle of like revenge that just keeps like perpetuating itself which is honestly like 
it's great. Like, I, I really, I really like this. I, again, I think there were some shortcomings to it, um, but was it a perfect movie? No. But in the end, I think this honestly did serve to be a surprisingly good, fresh, solid sequel um, to the Scream in the Scream franchise. Like, I, I can't really find any fault with it other than, like, yeah, the things that I said. Like, most of them are kind of minor things. It was a little bit of pacing here and there. A few scenes felt out of place. Um, they could have ratcheted up the tension for you, the audience goer, but I think that they did that enough with the characters that if you're following along with the story and the characters, it really doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter that much that they didn't really like do it more. Right. Because again, I think that Sam as a lead, Sam Carpenter is, I think actually there are why are there like four dead birds here these are like all big birds what in the shit dude i'm like driving on this like main stretch of road and there's like i can't tell if those are like buzzards or what but they're just dead on the ground like they got hit by cars what the fuck is up with birds dude um also um there's a floating there's just a balloon just floating on past um a bunch of them actually weird anyway I I like that they were able to, especially in the sort of Hayden Panettiere character, the FBI agent who came back, who had a personal vendetta, maybe she snapped, like, all of that junk. Like, like this is definitely, definitely something that, um, there's a fucking Canada goose. Get out of here. I'll run you down, you Canada goose. You dumb shit. Fuck the Canada gooses. Um, all my homies hate Canada gooses. They shit everywhere. They're loud. They're noisy. And they taste awful. Like, fucking, if you've ever tried to eat a Canada goose, they do not taste good. Like, I have. I have shot and eaten a Canada goose. They're, they suck. Sucks bad. Um, like, in, in, in general, though, like, this whole, this whole thing was, uh, man, this whole movie was in general like very solid um and very fun like the opening gag again was just really good i um i don't man i'm trying to i'm trying to think of all of them i kind of again i need to go back and rewatch all the screams but like i think that this might have been my favorite um my favorite gag like the the phone gag at the beginning of a film like it it was just honestly good and shocking and it took it in a different place they're gonna have to really work hard to make if they do another sequel if they do scream seven which i'm assuming they will because all the main characters lived which is at the end of the movie they were like oh that's the twist we all lived it's the biggest twist of all um which like there wasn't a shocking death like there was there wasn't the emotional impact like there was in scream five i think that's one of the other detractors to this is that yeah it was a little bit it wasn't quite as impactful from an emotional standpoint. And so, but your characters, like you still felt like there was something there because you, you like all these characters. They all have like their own sort of, again, you felt that like little bit of liminal progression, like limited progression that's going from movie to movie where you see people like opening their characters and they develop a little bit, but not enough so that it's like, you know, through the course of the movie, it's like, oh, wow, that was a drastic change from the beginning to the end. Ah, take a drink here. But realistically, I think the thing 
that this new franchise or the uh, the requels as they call them within the movies is that the um, Sam Carpenter as the protagonist is really is a really good protagonist because she is the final girl, but you also see that there's an issue there with her being maybe mentally unstable because of who her father is, who because it it is Billy Loomis, um, and Steve Ulrich does talk to her in her in her mind. Um, you feel like yes, she could snap. She's a very complex character. She's much more of a she's a much more complex character than Nev Campbell. In in that like Nev Campbell is like a tried and true final girl, which I think makes these new films a little bit uh, at least different enough that like they're not like I don't feel like people can complain about them as much because they're not trying to carbon copy. And I think the general like Jenna Ortega is more of the like final girl. They kind of split the character into two things. Nev Campbell is a final girl who could take care of herself at the end. The traditional trope like she's kind of like the the modern Laurie Strode, right? Where it's like, kind of like, okay, I can take care of myself, but I'm also a final girl running away from this thing. Um, whereas, like, Jenna Ortega, they split the characters into two. Whereas Jenna Ortega's character is much more the, a final girl who kind of, like, can do a few things, but is mostly final girlish and needs to be protected. And then Sam Carpenter, like, her sort of, um, her character is much more of that, like, I might just be a psychopath and I might be a killer, but I'm going to use that to my advantage to protect my family. Um, and I like that there's that sort of like duo there. And I think even if Jenna Ortega's character died, I think that would actually be disastrous for Sam Carpenter. Like if, um, I, why do I keep calling her, um, what's Jenna Ortega's, what's, what's her name? Hold on. It's uh, Tara, Tara Carpenter. I, I think that Tara, if she were to die, that would be essentially something that could just send Sam over the edge into just being a, a murderer, which I think that really at this point, I do like that complexity of her character um, because she still feels final girl-ish. You still sympathize with her. You feel bad for her, but at the same time, she's very, very sort of competent, right? She takes care of herself seriously, kind of like you saw with Nev Campbell in the later films. But I think that in this case, it's much more convincing because Nev Campbell's was sort of like, it's like, okay, I've had to learn how to adapt over like 10, 20 years, right? Versus uh, Sam Carpenter's is like, this is in my blood. I just enjoy this and I'm good at it uh, sort of thing, which is a much different character. And I, I do enjoy that a lot. I, I think... Um, I think that, you know, all the acting in this was fun. I liked all the characters, um, uh, especially, again, Melissa Barrera, uh, Jenna Ortega was good. Um, like, uh, Chad, who's a Mason Good uh, Gooding, like, he, he was okay. Like, I, I, um, I actually liked him more in this one than I did the last one because he was kind of an obnoxious jock, but I think that was meant to be, it was meant to be the case. Um like honestly the the Danny character who is sort of the love interest he was he never felt like a red herring enough honestly like i i mean it was it's been overdone where it's the love interest is the one who does it but i think he could have been at least played up a little bit more so um either way i don't know i enjoyed this film i had a few minor quibbles but honestly like i i'm just i was just shocked by honestly how good this was um in comparison to what my expectations were I mean, like, my expectations were I wanted it to be good, but I think my expectations were realistically probably down in that three range. 
Um, and I think this was a solidly a four. Like it, it had one of the best opening phone gags of a Scream film. Uh, it had some great sort of interpersonal drama. I think the character of Sam Carpenter is a really good one that I honestly would be fine with them continuing to uh, explore in the future. I'm after this as long as the same people do it. I think I'm open to sequels because like there wasn't even that much cringe, to be honest. Um, the one thing I am a little bit disappointed about is that they really didn't lean into any of those like new horror genre. You know, like they kind of mentioned it where they're like, "All right, this is a re- this is a franchise," um, but they didn't really go into sort of like any of the other elevated horror things. Um, I think again, the most the thing that they did the most in this was they kind of made it be Jalloish, where you you follow the killer again, where um, at least for the beginning of this film. Um, you kind of had a few giallo elements here and there. It definitely did feel similar to some of some of those, but like not necessarily like it was more of a light, a light sort of, um, I think, um, not reference, but light homage to giallos in general. Um, I kind of wish they did something maybe a little bit more shocking uh, and pulled something out of there. But honestly, I mean, maybe Scream 7. Who knows if they're even going to do a Scream 7? Um, I... I think that they could, in theory, do something like that, where it's like, oh, hey, by the way, we're, um, um, you know, we're just going to turn this into X, Y, Z, whatever. We're going to do a thing now, and I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of even tropes that you would see in. <clears throat> Excuse me, needed a drink. I'm trying to think of other tropes you'd see in more modern horror films that you don't necessarily see in the older ones. Um, and honestly, like, I'm drawing a blank right now because I'm talking off the cuff, but, like, maybe emulate some other sort of, like, um, you know, not necessarily supernatural horrors, but maybe some other things. Like, even, um, I don't know, do, like, a, like a swaparoo somewhere, uh, maybe even, like, a la Barbarian, where it's, like, oh, it's one thing, but now it's another. Uh, also, sorry, spoilers for Barbarian, I guess, um. If you haven't seen Barbarian, go see it. It's it's actually I absolutely love the heck out of it. Um, there's there's it's got some great moments. Uh, it's extraordinarily tense and it's it's very fun, sort of a mind fuck. Um, but you know, like I don't know, just just throw in some other things there where it's maybe like you know you throw in some of that like oh like the elevated horror pretentiousness of it. Maybe like you have some more of that. I did like in this movie where it wasn't about the movies. That's like, I kind of feel like there's probably a rule where it's like every other movie is about the movies versus revenge, right? So it's like, wait, the last movie was about movies, was about people obsessed with the movies. This movie was about people trying to get revenge. Scream 5 was about people trying to get revenge. Scream 3 was about the movies. The first two are kind of like, you know, the first one doesn't count. The second one is like, ah, we're getting revenge, Um, sort of dealio, kind of. So... It's, uh, I, I feel like, so the next one is going to be a meta movie movie, and so maybe they throw in some, like, like, I don't know, I'm just trying to throw something out there where it's, like, not necessarily supernatural. I'm, like, man, supernatural horror really is more of my thing, where it's, like, there's something weird, or there's a creature, or there's something supernatural, because, like, just a true slasher, like, yeah, Scream's kind of my favorite, and it's, like, the one that I always think about whenever I do that, so I'm trying to think of other slasher tropes in modern films, and I just haven't seen that many. I need to, I guess, try to find some other good modern slashers. I don't know. But anyway, I, I enjoyed this. It was fun. Um, I've got some errands to run here uh, while I'm out. So as, as you notice, I haven't really been driving. I'm just sitting in my car. Um, so there hasn't been road sounds. 
But uh, I'm going to get out, do a couple errands, uh, and then hopefully um, you guys enjoyed this. Let me know if you've seen Scream 6, what you thought about it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a rating. I think this was, I think I gave it a rating before, but I think this was a solid four. Like, I I wanted it to be, and I'm, I'm taking it back because I really did enjoy watching this film. It was, a, it was a pleasure to watch. But I think I'm trying to, like, restrain myself a bit in that, yes, this was a four. This was a very good movie, especially if you like Scream movies. Um, if you don't like Scream movies, it's probably going to be, like, it's, it's going to be way down there. Like, if you hate that meta sort of horror that Scream is and you're tired of it, like, this is very much a... This is very much a, it's a fan service movie while being at the same time really good about what it's doing, right? So it's like, it is fan service, and, but it's like, I think fan service done in a good way, where it's like, people who like screen movies will like this movie, and it's done very well. And I think that this is, honestly, I hope they really carry on like the sort of like Wes Craven sort of um, ethos and the Wes Craven sort of legacy. Because I think this, like, this solidifies with me. Like, there are, I don't think that there is a, like, a six-movie franchise. Like, in, especially in the horror genre, a six-movie franchise that is consistently as solidly good as Scream. Now, again, I haven't, I haven't seen all of every franchise. But, like, you have, like, ones where everyone's like, oh, no, I, it's like, this one's a really weak one, but this one's amazing. Like, I don't know that anyone is like, no, there's like, don't watch Scream 2, it's garbage. Like, Scream 2 is still good. Like, you know, there are some like, you know, some people like some more than others, but like, I think that none of them are bad. I think just solidly, this is a franchise that if they continue to do right, can continue on being really good. And I think it could be, honestly, if they can get to like, if they can do a seventh and it's still just as good, like, like greatest of all time franchise maybe um because like right now we're at six movies name another six movie franchise that's as good um other than i guess probably star wars which the anything after six doesn't count like you have star wars is is of the six five of them are amazing films and one of them is just okay Uh, i'm looking at you return of the jedi um, I noted Return of the Jedi Disrespector here. Um, I think it's kind of a dumb movie. Um, I kind of dislike it, uh, generally speaking. It had some cool moments, but, like, yeah, I, I would vastly prefer any of the other Star Wars films to Return of the Jedi. Um, that's, that's again, I guess hot take for my Star Wars listeners out there, but, like, I, I can't name another movie that's as solid, another franchise. Like, I'm thinking, like, Lord of the Rings? No. Like, the Hobbit movies are kind of, like... Other than the first one, they're kind of garbage. Like, the second one has moments, but, like, third one's so bad. Fuck that movie. Um, and then, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to think here. Like, again, like, Star Trek. Like, you get, like, you get the odd-even rule um, of all the other stuff. And then you've got, what else? Um, like, even in the horror franchise, Halloween. Like, dude, there are some that are, like, people hate in the Halloween franchise. Like, one and two are really good. Um, and then you have, like, you go on from there and it's like, man, there's just some, some lousy shitters that a lot of people complain about, right? Um, like, uh, I guess Friday the 13th, like, I haven't seen all of them. I've seen the first two. Um, those are kind of lousy. (laughs) Like, you, if you see the first, if you see them once, like, they're like, okay, this is okay. And then, 
Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I've only seen the first one, but the first one was fun. So I don't know. I, but that's another Wes Craven. Like, so I, that's another Wes Craven franchise. Dude, Wes Craven just doesn't miss, I guess, like when it comes to franchises. I don't know. Uh, but I've only seen the one Friday the 13th. So, or not Friday the 13th, um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. So I can't really speak to that one. But again, if there are any other franchises out there that you think are as solid, like at me, uh, at MWNS Podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and run my errands now. Uh, I will talk to you guys later. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully you went out and watched Scream. If you did, let me know what you think. Uh, again, solid four. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it was it was very much worth it if you are a fan of Scream. If you like movies that are kind of meta anyway, and you're like, I'm kind of burnt out on Scream, I think this one is still fun to watch because the opening um, phone gag is just really good, I, I think. So anyway... Uh, I will talk to you guys in the next one. I'll see you later. Hopefully I'll get a a full episode out with an actual guest where it's not just me. So uh, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye. And I wonder if it really was. I think it was always was show business. I think they were pretending to be factories and it was still show business. I heard myself speaking these terrible corny lines and I was stuck with $350,000 worth of show and I had to get on somehow. Plus at the time, Oh, they were real jerks. Plus, plus, at the time, really pieces of work. Plus, plus, at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Plus, plus, at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. I really did, because he was a monster, but they all were, or almost all of them, those guys. He came on as a monster, you know, he snarled at you, you like that. Plus, plus, at the time. He was a monster, like that. Plus, plus, at the time. I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast or contact us at MWNS Podcast at ProtonMail.com. All music used in this episode is produced by Young Carts and used with license.